Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. All right. Well, perfect. It's a beautiful Thursday here today at the BBB Podcast Studios at, here at the San Diego location, the Ignite offices. And I am DJ Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd. And this is, again, the Trades Podcast. And we have one returning guest right here. We have Cheryl Robertson. Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. We have her her um, wonderful, awesome daughter, companion, hard worker that's uh, helping out with uh, the business that we spoke a little bit about in the, one of the past episode. But Dorothy, how you how you feeling here today? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in, you guys. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Burger Hardware Incorporated. Yes. Yes. I hope we're excited about it. It's going to be awesome just to really talk about one, uh, like you said, the uh, the generations of how long uh, Burger Hardware has actually been in San Diego and the uh, operations that you guys are now involved with and that you guys have a new location and all that good stuff. So, But if you could yeah, help us introduce uh, uh, yourselves back into the Trades Podcast audience and um, talk a little bit more about uh, Burger Hardware. Well, I'm Cheryl Robertson. I help run Burger Hardware. It's a fifth-generation family business started by my husband's great-grandmother, Isabel, in 1912 as a divorced woman, which was pretty incredible for the time. And um, in our existence, we've had four locations, three locations on 30th Street in North Park, the longest being 3972 from 1951 till the end of 2022. At that point, the building was sold, and so we moved Burger Hardware to Encinitas, where I have a second business, Superior Floor and Cabinet Designs, and they moved in with us. So we are a pretty much almost one-stop shop for the interior products to remodel your home. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And Dorothy, what's your, what's your role in the business? And obviously, you're part of the, the whole family uh, dynamic of everything today, too. So Yeah, I'm fifth generation at Burger Hardware. Um, I pretty much, I, I'm there on, today, on the day-to-day. I'm customer-facing. I work a lot with um, the customers and homeowners who come in, um, and I also work on managing our showroom, um, purchasing displays, putting together displays, and, you know, deciding what we're going to show in in the space that we have. So in the showroom, Dorothy, you mm-hmm. have a lot of different uh, uh, products, but you also have different manufacturers. Yeah, we have several different lines of manufacturers that we work with for door hardware, cabinet hardware, accessories. Um, and so we have to manage what we're going to show with the limited display space we have. The uh, products that you decide to display... What, I guess, is the, the ideal customer, the range of customers that you're displaying for, having a product offering for? We try to display, well, we try to have, like, a decent range of options so that there's kind of choices for everybody. But we truly try to cater towards customers who want a quality product, something that's going to hold up well, uh, especially because hardware is something that you touch and feel and see every day and sometimes you don't always want to know it's there you want it to work you want it to be consistent and 
it gives a little something extra, but for the most part, you just want something that's quality that's not going to fail you and that you don't really have to think about over time. Interesting, okay. Unless you're mean, then I want it to be turquoise. (laughs) That's you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's what we were talking about earlier. Obviously, um, we want everybody to go check out your website, the Burger Hardware Inc. Uh, dot com and uh, we see the branded the branded color do you know the the color um, the color number of turquoise that you love or just anything turquoise uh, the logo color is hex code zero zero nine cb3 yeah if you see that then you know it's going to be uh, burger hardware or the superior flooring so that's amazing yeah and right there in the heart of Encinitas too yes yeah uh, yes. what what uh, obviously superior flooring was over there in, in Encinitas and um, for the family to uh, move from the original locations, like in the North Park area of San Diego, um, was that a hard transition for you guys? Was that uh, a little bit? Yes, because we've been in North Park for a really long time. Um, there's been a lot of changes in North Park over time. Some challenging mm-hmm. um, with the density changes and the parking restrictions that there didn't used to be. We were lucky in that we had a few parking spaces dedicated to our building, but it was through the alley, which made some people nervous. But um, frankly, the building was too large for our purposes, but it had been in the family for a very long time from when Burger was a different kind of business. And um, we made it work, but it could have worked better. And when we saw that it was time to move, because obviously the building was sold, um, we did look for other premises in San Diego. We didn't find anything that really suited our needs. So we decided if we were going to customize something, let's customize the same building that we could share with the sister company. And um, it's, it's a wonderful location in mm-hmm. Encinitas. Um, it's kind of an underserved market for a store like Burger Hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good change for us. And my thought is when you have a business that's 111 years old, change or die. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go with the flow. You have to be forward thinking. You have to think about what's the next step. Because when Burger began in 1912, it was a general hardware store. We sold nuts and bolts and locks and Pyrex and Fiesta wear and guns and ammo and paint and toys. We actually have some antique toy displays in our storage that was, were in the building when we moved. We found a newspaper clipping a few years ago, I think, that was about that Burger Hardware got, I think it was the first shipment of Frigidaire refrigerators yes. in San Diego that we ever, that like the city ever got. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. And they took all of the old ice boxes, the wooden ice boxes out behind the store and broke them up for firewood. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was how Burger Hardware started. Yeah. It stayed that way until the 60s where we started to do more um, builder's hardware for uh, all the tract housing that was going in in San Diego County. And 
1974, we changed our focus totally to that. We sold off the retail hardware store, so all the toys and dishes and everything else got sold. And um, they actually put a wall down the center of the building, and the retail hardware store was on one side, and the wholesale builder's hardware was on the other side. And we focused on doing job packs for tracked housing which was a great business for a long time because attractive houses would be, you know, a phase would be thousands of houses. Mm -hmm. But when we got to the point where a phase was five houses, the profitability was gone and we needed to make a change. And so we started to pivot, took us a little while to pivot and went more into the decorative hardware, um, the specialty items, and then we expanded into cabinetry and flooring. Yeah. I, I remember in the very early 90s, I taking a uh, um, ROP class on property maintenance, got a job at a property management company. He sent me over to Burger Hardware, and I bought a rekeying kit that um, I still have and still use once in a while today. Um, but that, that's, I didn't know anybody there at the time, but... Going back in that same uh, storefront, same back mm-hmm. door to get in. Yeah. Uh, right. Patel last year. Right. And um, so in 1974, when we split off the retail portion and sold it to another company, um, it worked great for a long time. But in 1984, we decided that we needed the rest of that space. And so the um, general hardware company moved to another location and we took down the wall and took over the whole space. We had parking behind the building through the alley, but we also had doors open on 30th Street. Well, when three elderly women came in and got upset in the course of a week that we didn't have um, pressure cooker seals anymore and they had to walk somewhere else, my father-in-law decided that's it. We're closing the front doors. All most of our business comes in through the parking, through the back, get loaded out from the warehouse with a forklift. Yeah. Time to close those doors. That was 1984. It took me until 2013 to get them open again. Mm-hmm. Would have been faster and easier to drive a car through them <laughs> and cheaper. <laughs> because I mean, it's 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 time that uh, you know you like you said it's uh, a change or die. You know, mm-hmm. it's where you, you, you go to, I mean, obviously through 112 years now. 111. 111 years of business, uh, being in business, you know, there's always that adapting and certain things, you know, they have their phase and you have to let go of certain things. Um, I'm sure those are things that you guys are going through right now, obviously with the change in, in, the, uh, in the new shop and emerging it with superior flooring. Um, there's... There's most likely, I'm sure, like a shift that you're working with designers, you're working with your contractors through superior flooring that may be looking to um, obviously combine the products that you have in Burger Hardware. Um, What what type of uh, orders are you usually getting right now through clients or um, your contractors that you're working with? Um, Dorothy might be able to speak to that better than I can. Uh, It varies a lot. We have... Um, several different contractors and especially design build firms who come to us looking for basically a whole house of hardware. 
So they need the door hardware spec, they need their hinges, their door stops, their cabinet hardware. Um, and one of the services that we provide is that um, Eric, so her um, business partner, the co-owner, will go out to job sites on these big projects and will get all the door hardware handing and will count what's needed for each different um, item, how many door stops they need, how many hinges they need so that we can make a complete package for these projects that are labeled and ready to go when they're ready to install it. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. So, and I mean, this is something that you guys have already built off of with Eric, I believe you said, right? Mm -hmm. The the co-owner. So shout out to Eric and all the work that he's doing. Um, And, you know, but you're you're there at the store. When a a customer or or contractor comes in, they see you in the Uh, store? Typically, they're going to see me or they're going to see Eric. Um, I'm in the store a little bit more than Eric just because he goes out on these job walks and Mm -hmm. makes the deliveries of product and stuff like that. But pretty much every day I'm there. Awesome. That's amazing. And I mean, being in that store and obviously being a part of the family of the over 111 years of of business, um, being the daughter of of Cheryl, what, is it, what does it make you feel like? You know, how does it feel to be in that store helping out the family? And um, can you, if you can talk a little bit about that? Well, there's a lot of history to it. And there was kind of a bittersweet goodbye to the old building that mm-hmm. we moved out of because I'd been going in there literally since how many days after I was born was the first time you took me in there? Three. There was there <laughs> was this old tradition that she would use the, uh, the nail scale, the nail... Um, the nail bin and the scale at the old store and she would weigh all of her babies in it. Oh, nice. So I've been going in there since right after I was born. And I remember I have so many memories of going in there as a kid of, you know, days that I'd have to stay homesick from school and then get dragged in with, with her the couple hours that she was going to do um, bookkeeping or check up on things. Um, So I have lots of memories of going in there and it's forklift rides. Yes. Forklift (laughs) rides and all sorts of fun stuff that you probably shouldn't do with a seven year old anymore. Uh, But like it's a, it's a bigger part of my life than I thought it was for a really long time. And it's definitely become more important now that I've worked there and gotten to experience, you know, um, the one-on-one with customers and being help, being able to help them find something that's going to make their lives easier, mm-hmm. which is especially prevalent with um, like older clients. Um, you know, I have people who come in who are looking for cabinet hardware and they have really severe arthritis and they're trying to find something that's going to make it easier for them to open their doors or open their cabinets. Um, and it's, it's a lot more significant to my life than I ever thought it would be. That's cool. That's a very interesting perspective, Dorothy. How many hundred-year-old-plus businesses do you think there are in San Diego? We have a list from... I think it was from 2012 2012 or 2013 that we have on display in the showroom, the Centurions of San Diego. And I think we were, last we checked, number 24 on that list, but I think we did lose a couple of places to COVID. Um, so we might be like 21 now, but that list I think had 30 different names on it. Something I think about you're that. Right. It was yeah. given to us by the San Diego Historical Society. I think so. I think. Yeah. And we actually, and in the process of moving, we have a couple of things that we're gonna look through and see if the San Diego Historical Society wants any of them. Um, we have we found old business records from the 1940s, like daily sales notes. 
and um, San Diego sitting city planning manuals from like the 40s and 50s. So just uh, some really cool old like notes and kind of artifacts from just old San Diego. And I just couldn't get rid of them. No, that's a piece of history. Absolutely not. I yeah. mean, the things that we moved with us, we have a uh, uh, NCR cash register from the 30s that wasn't new when we got it. Doesn't completely work anymore. It works as a cash drawer for for us, not a functioning cash register with the bells and whistles yeah. and chimes. But we brought it with us. We have a fire st- safe that had been upstairs in the offices at Burger that had been moved there from the previous location that we brought with us. It hasn't been installed in the showroom yet, but it's on the property. And I looked at that and I thought, well, there's no way that's going with us. But some friends of mine made it happen, got it down the stairs, got it into a truck and brought it to the new location. Um, We got a lot of community support with our move, which was really heartwarming. Um, it's just been a good thing for us. You know, sometimes change is bad. Sometimes change is good. This one was was definitely, like she said, kind of heart-wrenching, but positive. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a great welcome from the area in Encinitas. Like I said, we filled in a gap. Um, and I think that being a business of this age, we have a different outlook. We're more long-term thinking and we're very customer service oriented. Like Dorothy said, helping older clients find something that's comfortable for them to use. My outlook on our industry is being in the home improvement business, we as a group kind of got a reputation like used car salesmen had at one point, or maybe still have, I don't know. Um, that we were there to make a quick sale didn't really care about the customers that much, just make a sale and move on. And I I think about when I meet a new customer, I think about what might meet their needs the best, even if they hadn't thought of it yet. Because I want to be I want to treat people the way I would want to be treated. Have you thought about this option? Have you thought about that option? What are your goals? How, you know, is this your forever home? And we ask people those questions because we really do care because even though it's a small thing, we believe that making your home and, your, and you, you, where you live and where you can be yourself be as comfortable and nurturing as possible. And I think we all really revisited that during the pandemic, and I think it's an important thing. Absolutely. I've, I've seen some of the interactions in the showrooms up there. And they really do take the time to get to know the client, their needs, even find out the needs that the customer doesn't know that they have yet to be able to help them make the right decision on their products. So definitely that doesn't come from being a brand new business. That comes from oh, yeah. a hundred year old history of customer service being ingrained into the, the family. Yes. And we just think it's important, you know, it's, Listen to people, educate people about products so they can make the best decision for themselves, but give them the tools to do that. Yeah. So I have a question for you both. Over the years, your clientele has changed track houses to you know, more spec builders and things like that. 
have you seen any recent changes with, I guess, the contracting world out there, what their needs are, how they interact with you? Um, like Dorothy mentioned earlier, there's a lot of design build firms. There's a lot of independent designers that help people make choices. So that's a, a lot of who we deal with versus, you know, tract building, completely different. Yeah. Um, so the contractors and the, uh, the, the design firm or the designers are coming in to help yes. pick out the products now? Yes. And they're looking at the whole house or the whole project of yes of uh, products that they need for it. Yes. Yes. So, and who who's typically doing the installs? I mean, we we are on the trades podcast talking about construction trades. Um, so somebody has to do all these different installs. And some some of the products that you have out there, are, you know, pretty high end. You have to be very meticulous and accurate in your installs. Well, one thing I want to say is you never use power tools on fine hardware. Let me say that again. Never use power tools on fine hardware. You don't use an impact screwdriver to to install brass screws in a brass hinge because it's going to be worthless. That's a really big question, Jeff, and it's a really big problem because the door guys we know, and there are specialists that are, are... um, finished carpenters mm-hmm. and um, they're few and far between and most of them are over the age of 60 and they have a skill set that has not been passed down because we have a gap there where people were interested in going into the trades and so there's this knowledge and skill and talent that's going to be lost and hopefully we can find a way to get that skill and talent passed on. Yeah, there are some of the there are some of the guys that come into Burger, especially when we were at our older location. We had a lot of Finnish carpenter clients in the North Park area. You know, people who worked on old craftsman homes yeah. and trying to finish and um, trying to refinish uh, some of those older doors and stuff like that. Who would th- we had one client who was who sat down at the counter and was just talking about how he would almost pay someone to take over his business when he was done because it was his father's and then it was his, and now he has no one. He can't find an apprentice. He can't find anyone to take over for him. And it was like he felt like his whole life's work was just kaput. It was going to end. That can be a very sad uh, and daunting uh, task for somebody that's looking to retire. And have to give up everything they've built and to, yeah, he, to do that. That, that particular client, uh, I believe he came out of retirement four or five different times. Like he tried to retire and then just went back to working again because he'd have clients call him and be like, oh, well, who can you recommend now that you're retired? And he had no answer for them. Mm-hmm. There is a big hole to be filled. The, Absolutely, in the trades. Yes, across it's, the board, whatever, whatever trade you pick, there's yes. there's a gap right now. There is, and you know we we've got to find a way to fix that. Well, one of the things that the trades podcast is doing is just talking about it and yeah. highlighting the the opportunities out there. And, and I think, and I, I mean, I mean, Dorothy, you brought up a good point too. I mean, also you too, Cheryl, about like the customer service part. 
where, um, you know, that, that stigma of, you know, just coming in and just installing and, you know, setting it and forgetting it, uh, especially with the type of hardware that you guys are, you know, installing, like you said, uh, for me, that's something that I wouldn't know. But if I were to hire someone to install these items, I want them to be able to make sure that they take care of it with the delicacy that's meant to be uh, used with. And also, um, the education part from when these contractors or these designers come in and, and speak with, they get to speak with you, which is one part. That's like a, like a, I would say like a front line of the education part of making sure that these things, the way that these items are going to last and look good in a home. I think that's a great, that's a great point to bring up on, you know, when, when you come into these type of stores and, you know, cause it, I would imagine that, you know, throughout the years, you know, you, everybody has their big hardware stores like, um, you know, we can name them off, but everybody knows who they are, um, that they can come in buy a bulk, but when they come to you, it's a little bit more on a personal side. Something that's going to be meant for something, like you said, like a more antique homes that, uh, th- that these installers have been working with, but that gap with those workers communicating with you and now the new workers, um, that are coming into the space. Uh, that's a huge education um, part that, you know, hopefully that, you know, time and time again with another 111 years with you right. guys in business that it, it'll it'll continue to build that relationship between everybody. There's something I'd like to add. You mentioned those other types of hardware stores. Yeah. So you can go into those other types of hardware stores and find things that might look identical to some of the things that we carry, mm-hmm. but they are never identical. Now, we don't do plumbing, but plumbing is also an, an example. So going into those other stores, the thing that looks just like what we sell is not just like it. The parts are different. They are engineered to cost less to make to meet the price points of those other stores. So the internal mechanism on a lock might be plastic instead of metal. Now, oftentimes the springs are replaced with a less expensive to produce version of the spring or the entire spring cage itself might be made out of plastic. So as far as longevity for the product that you just spent your hard-earned money on, it's not the same. So it is a false value. Mm-hmm. Same, It is especially also true with plumbing. We don't sell plumbing, but when we're working with a client doing a whole house remodel, I said, no matter what you do, go to a plumbing supply house to buy the materials that are going behind your walls, behind your new tile, behind your new cabinets, because you don't want to have to tear those out to fix it. The quality of what you buy makes a big difference Mm -hmm. in the longevity of what you're trying to accomplish. And nobody wants, you know, We've all heard stories about tracked homes. They only they the, the products they put in them only needed to last for a year. Builder grade is not an upgrade. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean that's a message out there for all the in- installers and any of the uh, people that are going to be working with uh, Burger Hardware, or, or you know like you said that really want to bring some quality to their jobs, obviously and. Um, you know, knowing that when they're providing a service to their, to the customers out there that, um, they're bringing something that's higher quality. That's something that's built to last. Yes. So that's huge. We don't, we don't want planned obsolescence. Mm -hmm. No. No. (laughs) 
No, absolutely not. Um, I, I know one thing. Um, we, I don't know if we had brought it up in the pa- in the uh, past podcast. I don't remember, but um, it's Burger Burger Hardware. Yes. Uh, there's a new location. Yes. 111 years of business. Yes. Ever thought about the name change or where, or always keeping it to the roots of where Burger came from? Um, the thought has crossed my mind. How could I? Because Burger Hardware and Superior Floor and Cabinet Designs are two separate businesses that share a building. Mm-hmm. And I have considered how can I make it one? I haven't come up with that yet. Okay. I. Burger Hardware has been a long part of my life. Mm-hmm. It was the. Isabel, who started it, was my husband's great grandmother. Mm-hmm. The first time I walked into Burger's building on 30th Street was 40 years ago this week. I was going to go have lunch with then my future husband. I can't imagine changing the name from Burger. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Was it, Burger a family name? No. Burger was not a family name. So, great-grandma Isabel was divorced, which was a huge scandal in nineteen in the 1910s. And she was from Madison, Wisconsin. And let's just say her husband behaved badly, so badly that she got the farm in the divorce, which was... Very rare. Very rare. And she took her two children and got as far from there as she could and came to San Diego. And she met a man named Mr. Berger. The family lore is so light on this we don't even know what his first name was but as my late 90s father-in-law used to say they were going together and um he said honey you have this money from selling the farm but you got to find a way to make money over time to raise your children i've always wanted to have a hardware store what do you think about starting a hardware store? And so she said, okay. So they started Burger Hardware, and it was his last name. She never did marry him. He actually wasn't around even for a full year. Um, Her son, who was maybe 11, 12 years old at the time and had been through what he'd been through with his father in Madison, Wisconsin, didn't trust Mr. Burger and said to his mom, we got to go down to the city building and make sure all of this is in your name because it's your money. Got to protect yourself. And it was lucky she came to California and she got the divorce the way she did because that was the only way she was actually able to own property. Like, to put this in perspective, 1912 was before most women in the country had the right to vote. Right. That's incredible. So, to continue the story... Not long after they went and verified everything was in her name, two guys show up one morning with their hand out and said, "Ah, Mr. Berger lost the business to us last night in a poker game. Hand over the keys. And she said, well, it wasn't his to lose. And that was the end of Mr. Berger. But she didn't change the name of the store. She'd already bought the sign. 
And she kept it going, hundred percent. She went all in. That's amazing. Yep. That is uh, an incredible little story there. That's a strong. I mean, that's a strong woman story. I mean, you know, for her to, you know, go through the adversities that she did, and you know, and continue the name, and and obviously, a hundred eleven years later, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. a great thing. Well, the strong woman story is still going on today. Exactly. I don't know how many times in my years of working at Burger Hardware, trying to wait on customers. And they're like, I'll wait for the man. I'm like, okay, he's going to be a while. Wait 20, 30 minutes. Can, are you sure I can't help you? Well, I want to speak to an owner. And I'm like, okay. And so I did a spin around. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Because it's a hard transition for a lot of men to understand there are women connected to the trades. There should be more. Agreed. And... But have an open mind. You don't know what people understand, how they can help you with things. And at least on my part, if I don't know something, I'll figure it out. I'll go get help. I'll call and ask questions. I'll never tell you something that I'm not sure of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a huge conversation that we've had with, um, I mean, now we've had well, well over um, – a handful of uh, women business owners on the show. And it's almost some similar stories in that part of obviously a a barrier of um, getting some acceptance through men within the trades, but we definitely see the shift now. Hopefully hopefully you guys have definitely seen the shift and um, there's a huge, um, uh, you know, push just for all generations right now to get into the trades, to learn about it. Um, men, women, everybody, everybody to learn, yes. learn about it because it's a, it's an important thing. And like we mentioned earlier, there's that gap of, um, the knowledge and skill that's not being passed along. Um, but I, I mean, we see it here. This is the only way that, um, a business survives over a hundred years is one passing it down, passing the knowledge down and being able to bring family in and hopefully friends and anybody else that obviously is related to you guys is able to let them know about the the type of businesses that, that you guys are running right there, yeah. Superior Flooring and, and Burger Hardware. Yeah, and, and both Cheryl and Dorothy have said the same thing, that they've had to have the ability to adapt to the changing times, changing mm-hmm. locations, yeah. you know, uh, probably even a small change in clientele and their needs over the last few years. And then COVID's, you know, throwing a wrench into that. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, how, how do you see the, f- the future for... Uh, burger hardware or any changes in the industry or any big plans yourself for the uh... I'm not really sure what I would expect in the future of kind of the home improvement industry and what we are expecting for the future of burger hardware um trying to think of what a good way to answer that well I mean as you're getting more and more involved in the, the, the business, I'm sure you're learning more about, you know, the numbers on who the clientele is, you know, and how do you better serve them, you know, if you're progressing away from individual homeowners to designers or contractors that are doing multiple projects a year, you're going to talk with them differently. Well, we definitely still work with a lot of individual homeowners. Um especially when it comes to kind of the like kitchen cabinet side of things. Okay. Um, a lot of our kitchen cabinet clients basically will come in 
closer to the start of their project. When it comes to burger hardware, um, a lot of our clients, especially like the design build firms, they come in near the middle to the end of the project because they're looking for finished hardware. They're looking for the, those accessories, the finishing items. Okay. So those are the products we're able to sell them. On the cabinetry side, clients who are looking for cabinets and kitchen design are coming in a lot earlier in the process of doing this remodel, which means we're given the opportunity to help them find a whole range of products for their entire home and help guide them through making the right choices for their cabinets, their flooring, their hardware, their bathroom accessories, their mirrors, their medicine cabinets, everything. Except for the grab bars. I'm a big proponent of grab bars in everyone's bathroom. Even if you're getting older and aging in place, you, of course, should have them. But young people lose their balance and trip, too. Mm-hmm. That is true. Oh, yeah. I'm When I was in high school, I broke my ankle. And being able to get in and out of, like, a step-in tub, it was, like, impossible. Mm-hmm. Without pulling down, like, the shower curtain or something, you know, <laughs> or having to lean on. Well, grab bars are good for other things, too. You can hang towels on them and right. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different applications on that part, too. Um, and uh, right now for, for Burger, I mean, um, I know we talked about a little bit about, like, the knowledge, the um, the, the education that's needed out there. Um, how many employees are currently working in the in the store right now, in the storefront? Um, usually four, right now three on the burger hardware side with one of them being very part-time which is me because I'm on the other side of the building but I'm there and if I hear it's busy over there and I'll go over and try to help out Mm -hmm. um we have a very long-term employee that's been out on an extended sick leave that we're hoping will return soon we've missed her um but you know Dorothy is by far the youngest by far the youngest yeah by Probably the next closest person in age to me is 30 plus years older than me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that would be Eric. Mm-hmm. And Eric is part of the family as well. Um, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Technically. His wife's sister is married to my brother-in-law. Oh, great. So technically. So there's family connection there, but there's also the the... The work family too, and so, yes. so, sometimes you know we discount that, but it's such a, a integral part of the culture, your work life. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we, you know, you, you get up and go to work every morning, and they become part of your family. So yeah, you end up spending more waking hours with them than anyone else. Sometimes, yeah, 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 and and I mean, you know, by having the work family and having. You know the direct family that's actually um, you know part of the the business. Um, is there is there room for that? You guys are possibly looking for more employees, or I was just imagining um, you know for contractors, there's some uh, people that work for another company or um, someone that have you know purchased products from you guys. If they're looking for part time jobs or just wanting to get more educated about the products, uh, is that something that you guys are um, inviting in for? Um, these young young men or young women to come in and learn more about your products? I think go down the road, um, once as we get more settled in our new location, we're definitely going to need more people. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. 
Awesome. So definitely, um, if you could help us uh, shout out, what's the best way to like reach out to you and um, for anybody that's like looking to uh, reach out and for the near future, just learn more about your products. uh, What's the best way to reach out to you, to both of you? Um, Best way to reach out to the business as a whole would be to either um, give us a phone call or send us an email. We've had the same uh, 619 phone number since when? Since... I don't know. Since we moved from the Jackson, whatever the four digit numbers after that were, but the the business phone number is 619-291-9720. Um, probably the best way to reach us via email where all of us will see it would be info, I-N-F-O, at burger, B-E-R-G-E-R, hardware, H-A-R-D, W-A-R-E-I-N-C dot com. And that's burger with two E's. No you, we don't serve lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Now, uh, again, thanks for coming in and just, again, let us know about, uh, well, congratulations over 111 years now of business. And um, what a coincidence that it would have been uh, 40 years this week that you would have stepped the first time into that store. Yeah. So a great thing for you to be be here. It's a historical time. Can I add one more thing? Of course. When I stepped foot in that store for the first time 40 years ago, we did not sell anything that wasn't made in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now we have very, very, very few items that are made in the United States. We need to change that too. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other discussion on our manufacturing things like that yeah but you do have a lot of uh high high end products that are made in different areas globally yes 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 we have we have a broad range because we have something for pretty much everyone's price point you know we're not exclusively high high end because you know everybody deserves good design they just need to be educated about the differences and then make what works for their budget work for them. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Dorothy, Cheryl. Welcome back. Glad thank you have you back. And Dorothy, we'd love to have you back too. Or we'll go out and visit the store. We have to go, go out there and visit the store, have some fun. Uh, hopefully a big party when uh, when we have the full big grand opening for, yeah. for you and the whole store. So uh, we're excited for you. Congratulations on the new location. And uh, everybody go out there to Encinitas. Uh, what was the street address? 579 West Lake Street, Encinitas. That's right. Go out to West Lake and Encinitas, and uh, we'll see you out there. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for you. coming in. The Trades Podcast, I want to tell you about Sage IT Systems. I have personally met with Judy, who gave me the behind-the-scenes tour of how Sage IT Systems works and helps out their clients. They've been helping my construction company for a couple years with all the challenges of COVID, taking staff remote, server backup, everything a business needs from an IT company, Sage IT Systems has been doing for us. The support they're giving to the Trades Podcast is fantastic. I highly recommend Sage IT. If you need a review of your IT systems, please reach out to Judy. Her cell phone, 619-743-5870, or you can go to Sage dash it.com that's s-a-g-e dash it.com thank you so much for your support for the trades podcast